Hall of Fame coaches, national champions, lottery picks, the best minds in basketball. Welcome into the sidelines with Evan Daniels. What's up, college basketball fans? Welcome back into the Sidelines Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Daniels, college basketball insider over at FS1, as well as the director of basketball recruiting at 24-7 Sports. Today's episode of the Sidelines Podcast is the 53rd episode, and one I'm particularly excited about. Last week, I spent a, a day and a half at the G League Showcase, and it, it got me wondering and, and thinking a lot about that league. And I wanted to do a podcast built around the life of a two-way player, a guy that bounces from the G League up to an NBA team. So I'm going to bring on two guests. I'm going to start with Duke, former Duke star, Quinn Cook, who has signed a two-way deal with the Warriors, and former Texas A&M star, Alex Caruso, who signed in the offseason a two-way deal with the Lakers. And we're going to talk about what life looks like for those two guys as two-way players as they go back and forth from each league. We'll discuss what their day-to-days look like, why they opted to go that route over going to play international basketball. Quinn Cook and I discussed his relationship with NBA superstar Kevin Durant while Alex and I dug in on what he's learned from his time being up with the Lakers. Before we get to both of those interviews, I want to make sure that you are subscribed to the Sidelines with Evan Daniels podcast. The best way to support this podcast is to hit the subscribe button for me. You can also leave us a rating and a review. That would be very helpful. And you can shoot me a note over on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Evan Daniels. Would love to know what you think of the podcast or any future guest ideas. Now, let's jump to the Quinn Cook interview first, and then we'll go over to Alex Caruso. Enjoy the podcast. It's time to go with Evan Daniels. Send it in, big fella. Now let's welcome in former Duke star and current Golden State and Santa Cruz warrior Quinn Cook to the sidelines with Evan Daniels podcast. Q, how you doing, man? I'm good. How you doing? I am doing great. I'm trying to stay warm. It's it's uh, it's freezing in Nashville right now. I bet. <laughs> You know, I, you were one of my favorite high school players to watch just because of, of how hard you played, the energy you brought to the court, and your natural ability to score. I'm curious, Q, where does your passion for the game come from? Because you, you just play with so much passion on the court. Um, It's from where I'm from, I think. You know, guys from where I'm from, uh, we have that edge to ourselves, um, especially being a smaller guy. Um, you know, I was never, you know, really always picked first and, you know, always had to fight my way, stay on the court sometimes. And so that was just a natural habit that I've always had. And, uh, you know, just keeping that edge, you know, I, I felt that I've always had to work for everything in my life. So just keeping that edge um, really helped me get to where I am today. Now you obviously had a, a great career at Duke, won a, a national championship. And Q, I kind of want to get into to talking a little bit about um, the G League, and you, you spent this season as a two-way player for the Golden State Warriors and, and going back and forth between the main team uh, and the Santa Cruz Warriors. Uh, and I'm curious, what do you see as the biggest differences in between the two leagues outside of just, like, the top-end talent? Yeah, uh, I, I think it's the same, like, you know, with set, obviously rules. You know, um, you know, you got assignment guys. You have, you know, former number one picks, former lottery picks down here, and you know, everybody's hungry, you know, to make it back to the NBA. And, you know, I think in the NBA, it's like the best guys in the D League or the G League are trying to be, you know, 14, 15 guys on the team. So um, everybody in the league is, is is heck of a player. And, uh, you know, it's just the great guys, you know, they work, they work, they pay attention to detail and they're coachable. 
those are those are the guys who are successful, you know, in the NBA. So um, I think the G League is a great way for guys to keep, you know, their dream alive. And I think the NBA does a great job of, you know, implementing and making, you know, everybody, you know, uh, feel like they have a chance to make the NBA. Now you're averaging nearly 23 points and eight assists a game, shooting 43% from three in the G League this season. But you've also played 10 games with the Warriors. Kind of assess your play for me, Quinn. How do you think you're playing? Uh, I, th- I think I got up to a hot start um, in the G League, averaging like 28, and we were winning. And then when Steph went down, um, you know, I got an opportunity to start a couple games with, with Golden State, um, play extended minutes, and just learn. I think the biggest thing for me is just, you know, being around those guys, um, it's a shoot around, it's a film, you know, just, just being a sponge around those guys. Uh, you know, there's there's guys who I've, you know, grown up, you know, watching play. Um, and, you know, it's just for me just to, you know, keep learning, keep learning, see how guys, you know, prepare, treat their bodies. And, uh, you know, when I come back down to Santa Cruz, I just want to be that leader. And, uh, you know, I think I've we, we, we've stacked our team a little bit, you know, with Terrence Jones. And, uh, you know, we have C.J. Wilcox coming now, so I don't have to score as much. So I'm just trying to focus on being a leader and, uh, you know, just, just trying to get some more wins. You, you mentioned soaking things up and, and just learning. What's maybe the biggest lesson you've learned from, from being up with that main team? I think it's just, um, you know, their attention to detail. You know, it reminds me a lot of Duke. It's, you know, you see why, you know, they're so good. It's not just because they have four of the best players in the world. They have you know, one of the best benches in the world it's the attention to detail it's everybody holding each other accountable it's um you know steve kerr um you know being your biggest fan and also your biggest critic i mean you know when, when we're not playing to up to our standards you know he, he he lets us hear about it and also when we're playing well you know he's the first to let us know um guys are extremely coachable guys don't care about numbers it's it's just a great environment to be around and uh you know it starts from everybody in the staff from you know the gm uh, Bob Myers to, you know, everybody. It's just everybody's all in. So I think that's one thing that, you know, makes Golden State so good. How, how difficult is it as a player going back and forth? Because, I mean, you're you're playing on two separate different teams. You could get called up uh, at any different time. How difficult as a player is that? It's not. It's not. It's just um, you got to stay professional. you got to stay ready. It keeps me on my toes because, you know, uh, uh, I can go up and, 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 and start at any moment. So it's just, for me, it's, you know, just staying professional, staying ready, and, uh, you know, making sure I'm still putting the work in because, you know, when my numbers call, I, I need to be ready. Quick, Quinn, walk me through a, a typical day for you, workouts, practices. What's kind of your routine? Um. Well, uh, either if I'm with Santa Cruz or Golden State, I like to get there an hour and a half before, um, you know, get treatment. Um, lift and you know spend some time on the court and then after practice you know go back on the court and get some more work in and you know it depends on you know our our schedule if uh you know we have you know some back-to-backs coming up or if we have you know a a long period of time where we can really get some work in you know guys are in the gym three hours four hours a day and uh you still see you know kevin durant you know one of the best players in the world be the first guy you know, on the court getting work in. You see Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond, all these guys working on their game after practice. So, I mean, you know, when I see that, it makes me want to work even harder because I'm nowhere near those guys. You have obviously have had plenty of options overseas if you wanted them, I'm guessing, to 
in some cases potentially even make more money than you are now. What's the biggest draw for you to play in the G League, be a two-way guy, uh, rather than that other option? Um, it's, it's not about the money. It's the dream uh, for me. I know I'm an NBA player. Um, the time that I've spent in the NBA, you know, I, I, I've showed everybody that I belong. And then in summer league this summer, you know, I, 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 I felt, you know, I, I proved to everybody that I'm an NBA player. And, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to get, you know, uh, a deal with Atlanta, and that didn't work out. And Golden State was the first team to call me. And it was, you know, why not, you know, be a part of the, you know, the standard of basketball right now. So um, I know I'm not a, I'm an NBA player, and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's not about the money. It's a dream. I spoke to your good friend Nolan Smith today, and, and one of the things that he noted about you is just how motivated you are to make it in that league, and you say you're an NBA player. Is there something inside of you that, that just says, I've got to get to this point uh, where I'm that guy? Yeah, but, you know, a lot of a lot of this league is opportunity. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, last year I had an opportunity to play right away with Dallas, and, you know, I, I did pretty well. And, uh, you know, that gave me another opportunity with New Orleans and, you know, to score 20 points and, and leading my team to a couple of victories gave me more opportunity. So it's all about opportunity. And, you know, I know the right fit um, is on the way. And, uh, you know, I think with Golden State is more of a long-term thing. And I'm just excited to, uh, you know, be a part of the franchise, man. And, you know, just learning every day from these guys. And, you know, I think, you know, they, they like the fact that I'm just a sponge. I just want to learn everything and you know whatever coach Curtin needs me to do I'm willing to do it so uh it's all about opportunity I feel one of the things that I noticed from being at the G League showcase uh, was just how many good players are in that league do you think and you've been through this do you think that high school and college players understand just how good you have to be to not only make the G League but but make the NBA no I mean I I don't I don't think they realize it until they're really in it you know uh, you know, you you see guys. Um, you know, if you're not like a top tier, even in the NBA, like guys that aren't talked about as much. You know, and you go against them like a Goran Dragic or Eric Bledsoe, guys who aren't you know talked about as much. And you know, you 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 you'll find out that all these guys in the NBA are really really good. You know, I had to find out that the hard way. And uh, you know, it's just the respect level. And obviously, you know, when you're in high school, you don't realize how good you have to be. You know to be in college, to be successful in college. And I just think that you know, once you're really in it and, and, and seeing these guys working out against these guys every day, guys start realizing how good you have to be to play in both leagues. What do you think is the biggest difference from college basketball and, and the NBA? I just think uh, it's just, you know, these we're going to get the best players in the world on a nightly basis. Um, you know, I think everybody in the NBA was probably the man or, you know, one of the best players on their college team. And, uh, you know, it's not always like that, um, you know, in college. So uh, maybe the maybe the better to, maybe the better question, Q, is w- what's the biggest adjustment that you have to make as a player? I just think if you if you dial in, if you you know work on your craft every day, if you listen to your vet, um, you know, just be coachable. I think you know you'll be successful in this league. Um, you know, it's a it's a quick league, and stuff happens drastically. You know, guys sit out, guys can get hurt, God forbid, and you know, your number would be called. So I just think if you're staying ready, you know, listening to your vets, um, asking questions, I think you'll be fine. I'm curious your take on the, the one-and-done rule, Q. This is something that's getting a lot of buzz right now. And one of the possible scenarios that I've heard is 
if if kids come straight out of high school, they may potentially have to spend a year in the G League. Do you think eighteen year olds are ready for the for the rigors of that uh, of that league? I mean, <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. It's a grind. It definitely you know questions if you really want to play this game. But uh, you know, I think you know you, you just got to be physically and mentally ready. Um, guys down in the G League are hungry. I mean, you know, every night the audition for these guys, and especially now since the NBA calls so many people up, they pay so much attention to them just because, you know, they have assignments down here. They have two-way guys now. They have, you know, draft and stash players. So I just think that guys are extremely hungry down here. So for an 18-year-old kid coming out, I don't, I don't think it's impossible to do well, but I just think that, you know, you got to be mentally, physically ready, you know, to battle for 48 minutes on a nightly basis. Now, my understanding is you and Kevin Durant are extremely close, and I'm assuming that started from growing up in, in D.C. How much does it ha- help having a, a guy like him as a mentor? Oh, uh, It helps me tremendously. Um, you know, he's always helped me if it was you know, picking a college, if it was you know, picking an agent, if it was anything. Uh, him and his brother have always been there for me. <clears throat> so, you know, for us to be on the same team in the NBA, it's a dream come true for us. I remember we used to always talk about us just making the NBA, and for us to be on the same team is surreal for both of us. And you know, he he's the first person to call me when it happened, and uh, you know, you know when I score, he's you know the whole team is excited for me, but especially him because he knows how hard I work and you know how much time I put into it. So uh, it's, I'm blessed to have a guy like that in my corner. I was going to say, there's not many guys that have a player like KD in your corner. That's that's pretty special. I mean, he's one of the best players, if not the best player in the world. What's the best advice that he's given you throughout this whole process? Uh, you know, just just just, just keep being myself. Um, I think you know when guys get finally get the opportunity to play in the NBA, they kind of you know defer or you know not do what got them there. And you know, especially my first start, um, you know, everybody was. You know, bigging it up, uh, you know, what is he going to do, no staff. And, uh, you know, he was the first person to tell me, just play my game, um, stay aggressive, and, you know, just do what you do. And uh, he's done that my whole life, man. He's been a mentor, a big brother for me since I was seven years old. So, you know, he's helped me, um, you know, so much, you know, in life that, you know, anytime he has something to say, I'm always all ears. If you weren't hooping, Q, what what would you be doing with your life? (laughs) I know it's. I know that's all you know, but that's this. This is a question that I like to to ask everybody on on my podcast. Uh, if if you weren't if you weren't balling every day, if you weren't fighting, what what, what would you be doing? I'd probably be a rapper, or I'd try to do something in music because I really like music. Can I get you to rap right now? You you gonna spit some bars nah, for me? I'm, uh, uh, I ain't good because I play basketball now. But <laughs> you know, I, I I really like just enjoy music like this. Watching talent, seeing they grow, seeing them grow. I just, I'm, I'm a big fan of music. Awesome. Well, Quinn, man, I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule and and jumping on the podcast, uh, pulling for you, man. And have uh, always enjoyed watching watching you compete. No problem. Thank you, man. You uh, you you are the first person to give me a shot, man. You the first person to write a big time article on me, man. When I was 15, so I I, I always. I always appreciate you, E. Of course. Pulling for you, man. Have a, have, a, have a great night. Onion! Now let's welcome in former Texas A&M star and player for the South Bay Lakers, and this week the L.A. Lakers, uh, Alex Caruso. Alex, it's uh, it's been a long time coming to get you on the podcast. How's life? 
Uh, life's good. Life's good. Thanks for having me on. We're just trying to make it day by day. I hear you. Well, I actually remember the first time I saw you play. Uh, I think it was the summer between your sophomore and junior seasons at the Pangos All-American Camp. You've come a long way since then. Yeah. No, that was my last my last summer of AAU, junior to senior year. Yeah. Uh, you've made uh, leaps and bounds since that day. That's for sure. But uh, that was a good that was a good welcoming party for Alex Cruz at a high level basketball, I guess. <laughs> when did it when did it really hit you that that you would have a chance to play basketball professionally um honestly my my first two years at A&M I was really just excited to try and like earn playing time and just kind of get on the floor and and try to make a difference and then into my sophomore year we finished the year I had a really good game against Missouri in the SEC tournament like a career game and there was just some whispers going to that summer and the the junior year rolled around and I started to play better. And then towards the end of my junior year, uh, my coaches started, started kind of whispering in my ear, like, Hey, if it's like, if you work hard enough and you play good enough, there's, there's a chance that could happen as long as you just trust it and believe and did all those things. And then now I'm here. Now, last year you played with uh, the Oklahoma city blue this season, you signed a two way deal, uh, with the Lakers besides, uh, being based in the South Bay, which is like my favorite place on earth. Uh, what's, uh, what's this whole process been like for you? Uh, it's been really interesting. Um, just because it's the first year that it's ever happened. So, so everybody, I mean, including the two way players are all kind of feeling it out from organizations to agents to, to guys not on the actual contracts. We're, we're kind of just taking it, taking it as it comes and, and figuring it out along the way. Uh, for me, it's been a lot of fun just because living in South Bay, like you said, there's not many better better spots around the country to, to play basketball um and then just having the the lakers and the south bay lakers in the same facility makes it really easy for me to, to bounce back and forth and, and help both teams out access to manhattan beach creamery on a, a weekly basis would be serious trouble for me uh 10 minute drive man 10 minute drive <laughs> well you you earned that contract you mentioned after a really productive week at the nba summer league how important was that week for your basketball career? Um, I think, I think, I mean, it obviously got me to the points where I'm at now, so it's it's tremendously important. But I think it was just a really eye-opening experience for me, as well as just the the teams around the league that what I'm capable of, how well I can play when I'm uh, when I'm playing close to the top of my game, at the top of my game. So I think just me going out and showcasing what I can do more than just what people thought uh, originally. I think that's the biggest thing, just showing. And my game has a lot of different uh, facets to it rather than just distributing the ball and playing defense. Can you describe to me what it's like being in your position, a guy that's you know going back and forth from two different teams? How difficult is that? Yeah, it, it makes it pretty challenging just because my role is completely different on the two teams. Um, going, going with South Bay, I'm, I'm one of the, the vocal leaders on the team as far as just getting guys in the right spots and, and Obviously, I start on that team and play heavy minutes, and then going up with the Lakers, uh, I show up not knowing if I'm going to play each day and, and kind of just cheering on guys and making sure I, I not stay out of the way, but just make sure I'm I'm a I'm another piece when they plug in and, and the train keeps rolling, just just to be a guy that they know what they're going to get every day. So, just trying to figure out um, and balance those two roles, I think, is the biggest challenge for for me as a two-way guy, and just just being prepared for whichever team I'm with being where my feet are I think that's that's the biggest thing how different is it on the court I'm I'm guessing the ball doesn't move quite as much in the G League 
Yeah. Uh, honestly, our team, our team in the G League, we we share the ball really well. We have a pretty good, uh, uh, pretty good character as a team as far as playing hard and playing defense and and moving the ball, which you don't you don't see on a lot of G League teams. So we're I'm fortunate to be with a great group of guys on on that team. Um, and then I just try to take anything I can from the the big squad, the the L.A. Lakers, and, and take it down and help my teammates out and, and try and get wins with South Bay whenever I'm down there. What's maybe the the biggest thing that you've learned when you've been up with the the Lakers, whether it be from a particular player or, or coach? I think I think it's just the difference in the speed of the game for me. I think I think I know fundamentally and uh, I guess strategically what they want to do, and then schematically stuff like that, just plays and, and defensive tendencies. So I think for me, it's just kind of adjusting to the speed. And I think the the more I've played up there, uh, I learned how physical and how fast everything is. Uh, even with with the G League having professional players, it's not on the same level as as the NBA. Um, obviously, skill wise, just individual talent, but but the speed of the game and and how physical the game is at the NBA level is is just another animal. I was talking to a friend that knows the G League really well, and he told me one of the I guess the biggest complaints differences, and this is obviously an off the court thing, is is how different life is on the road in the G League. You know, you have a roommate in the NBA. You're staying yeah. at the Ritz for the four seasons. Yeah, no, that's that's a, that's definitely a different thing. It's very humbling anytime I, I spend uh, a road trip with with the G League team. Just just being able to appreciate the things that, that most people don't understand that they go through. Like you fly and you fly commercial no matter what, um, leaving early in the morning, uh, sharing sharing a room with somebody on the road, and, and not getting any any escorts to the gym. You're taking some. A, cold bus sometimes it's it's not as uh luxurious but i mean that's what the g league's all about that's that's the spirit of it is is grinding away and, and trying to earn getting up to another level whether that's high level in europe or we're trying to make the league and i think uh the spirit of the g league is that whenever you see guys on the court they play hungry because they're they're trying to be somewhere else not saying that the g league's not a good league but but the g league's a league for people to to mature their game and and to gain exposure for for higher paying bigger bigger stages. Yeah, that kind of leads me to my next question, Alex. Uh, I'm I'm curious what, what's the what's the draw um, maybe for you to be in the G League and signing a two way contract rather than going overseas? Because I, I would guess that you could potentially make more money overseas. Yeah, that that was the big thing last year. Because last year I, I I was strictly in the G the, it was the D League then G League now. Uh, for the whole year didn't get a call up stayed the whole year playing played 50 some games with uh, the Oklahoma City Blue and I sat down with my agent at the beginning of the uh or into the summer before the beginning of the year and we talked about what my goal was as a player um and for me it was to try and play in the NBA uh, I think I'm capable of it and I think I think I can I can progress and get better obviously but but I think that's the biggest stage and I think that's where I wanted to play so the the decision was basically: Do I start my career over overseas and start building a a resume over there to try and rank up the the, the ranks over there and try and get to Euro League team eventually, or stay here and not get forgotten about by NBA teams and and try to improve my game and ultimately make a team? And I think I'm I'm making strides in that direction. You're averaging eighteen and a half points, seven and a half assists, three point seven rebounds uh, in the G League. What do you think, in your eyes, that you need to continue to to grow at uh, as a player uh, to get on that roster full time? I think for me, it's just being 
being decisive and pick and roll and, and being a, a, a attacking threat at all times. I think for me, I'm naturally a, a pass first guy. I like getting my teammates involved. I like having a, a good culture on the team of, of moving the ball, but I think at times I get a little too unselfish. Um, I think that's something that I can improve on. And, and I think just being able to knock down an open shot consistently, I think that's the biggest thing in the NBA is whenever you have open shots, you got to make them. Um, and then obviously consistency on defense is important. But I think I think being an attacking threat on offense at all times, I think that's that's the thing that I'm I need to need to be the most consistent at. Uh, and I think I'm making strides. I mean, I'm averaging 18 points. I don't think I've averaged that since since high school. Now, I ran into you at the G League Showcase last week, and that was really my first time going to a, a G League game and um, seeing game after game. It, it was it was like a who's who's of guys that I, I used to see uh, back in the AAU, D, AAU days. And one of the things that I noticed from being there is just how many really good players are in that league. Do you think that people understand, especially high school kids and, and college players, do you think they have any idea how hard it is to not only play in that league, but the NBA. No, I, I, I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that people that people make is is underestimating how hard it is to play professional basketball, regardless of what level level you're in. If you're playing in, in the Euro Cup team in Germany or Euro Euro League team in Spain, or the G League or the NBA, there's there's always somebody you don't know about that's really good at basketball. <laughs> I mean, I've I've it's opened my eyes the last year and a half, just guys that I've played against that going into the game, I had no idea who they were. And then once the game starts, I'm like, Oh wow, this guy can go. Uh, you gotta, you gotta match it every night. And I think, I think the two way contracts is, is help is helping out the G league a lot as far as just bringing in talent. Um, I think this year there's a lot more league wide, league wide talent than there was last year. Um, and I think that the, the two way contracts and just the, the uh, the exposure that everybody sees from guys getting called up, I think that's bringing a lot of attention to the league. Um, and you're seeing you're seeing guys that normally would go overseas and, and make a good amount of money stay here and play in the G League and make a little less money, but chase that dream of, of trying to play in the NBA. Now I understand the constant back and forth has even caused your your family to miss you on some road trips. Yeah, yeah, I've gotten lucky a couple of times, and and they've uh, they've gotten to meet me down in Houston when I was when I was playing with with the LA Lakers. Um, but yeah, a few of them that the, the G league team has been close to close to home. They haven't gotten swooped away or been sent another direction. So it makes it a bit challenging when trying to have friends and family come watch games. But I mean, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm playing professional basketball. I can't complain too much. Of course. What's kind of the day in the life of, uh, of Alex Caruso look like? What's your routine, your workouts, your practice? What's kind of your schedule? Um, it honestly depends what team I'm with. Uh, if it's with, if it's, if it's with the, honestly, it more depends if I'm home or away, to be honest, because each team is, is about the same as far as is getting to the gym early. So we'll do, let's do a home and away kind of thing. If it's a, if it's a home, home day and we don't have practice or we don't have a game, show up to the gym about nine ish, get about, get some food, get a 20, 25 minute shooting on the court workout in and then go to the weight room get about 20, 25 minutes in. And then we usually have film practice and then you have a little recovery. And then if I'm at home, I got the, like we talked about, I got South Bay to go home to. So I can go down to the beach. I can, I can hang out. If I need to go get extra shots, go back to the gym, get extra shots. Uh, it's, it's pretty much up to me. And if we're on the road for the G league team, we're, we're getting to the airport, flying in somewhere, 
uh, staying the night in a hotel, one of my, one of my teammates, and then just getting ready for a game. We got to shoot around, get back, get some food and then get to the game and then fly out the next day. And if it's the, the NBA team, I'll, we'll fly out the day before, stay the night, uh, wake up, shoot around, back to the hotel, hang out, uh, play the game and then leave right from the arena and, and fly back home or to our next destination. So I, uh, I have a couple different options depending on which team I am and, and where we are. But, but at this point, I think I've, I've pretty much got my schedule down, uh, just depending on where I am. Uh, Alex, there's one thing I did want to ask you about. There's been a lot of talk about the one and done rule potentially going away. And one of the scenarios that that's kind of going around is, is if you leave uh, high school straight for professional ball, you may have to spend a year in the G League. Do you think eighteen-year-olds uh, are, are ready uh, for that type of change and that the the rigors not only on the court but but also off the court? Yeah, I think I think that's really a, a case by case scenario because because I think the hardest thing about professional basketball that I think a lot of people miss is just being able to understand the game and and play the game. Like their individual talent, if they're good enough, will carry them. But I think on the court, just understanding different concepts and being able to play play the game at the the professional pace and and just just different. I mean the the, the schemes and and how to play defense. It took me. I mean, it took me a whole year in the D league to kind of just understand it. Now I'm finally finally trying to trying to master it and get really good at it. So and I spent four years in college and a, and a good defensive good defensive school my, my four years so I think I think on the court it just kind of depends player by player how well they can understand it and how well they can pick it up because I mean you see guys get assigned from from NBA teams and they they play in the G League and they're they're still struggling they're just they're just picked up based off their potential and off their talent so I think it's 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 really going to depend player by player and then off the court I think they're just going to be surprised if they're not with the NBA team how uh, how rigorous it is because I mean it's no it's no cupcake we're not taking we're not taking chartered flights we're not uh, we're not getting meals paid for you have to you have to go out and find food before the game and do different things that I don't think they'd be used to so I think I think it'd be really interesting to see um, obviously there's guys out there that are probably talented enough to to make the transition. Uh, I think just just dealing with little things as far as how the game is played and and being able to deal with with the travel and and road trips, I think that would be the biggest thing. It could be the G League, it could be the NBA. Who's been the 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 guy from your playing experiences uh, that that you've been the most impressed with? You know, I think I think there's there's a handful of guys on my G League team that I'm just I'm super impressed with. Guys that don't play a lot of minutes that that are in there every day working, just chasing, chasing their dream of playing professional basketball somewhere. Um, there's, there's a handful of guys in my G league team that do that. And then, and then some of the older guys on the, on the Lakers, teams, just, just how many years they've played in the NBA. And you can tell by their work habits and their, uh, just their day-to-day routine and how they, how they carry themselves and their attitude. Guys like, like Will Dang or Corey Brewer, um, guys that have played on many teams and, and been in different situations, just, just respect and, how professional they are, like the the word professional. And I think they, they both incorporate that. Now, Alex, last question for you. One thing that I like to, to ask guys when they come on my podcast is, is if basketball wasn't in their life, uh, what, what would you be doing? And I've, I've gotten some, some interesting answers. Somebody told me that they'd be running a morgue. 
Um, I've gotten teacher. <laughs> yeah, that, that Mike Boyton from Oklahoma State would be running a morgue. That's um, crazy. Yeah, so I, I'm curious if you weren't uh, if you weren't hooping, if you weren't playing ball, uh, what would you be doing? And so no basketball related answers are, are accepted. I mean, you I could guess. technically say you coach because that's kind of what I would have guessed that you would maybe say, but you could surprise me. That's I'm gonna go a little off beat though. We'll, we'll do something different because I feel like that's an easy answer. Um, you know, honestly, I, I'm a big fan of like I've I've kind of grown into like I like EDM music and I like uh, I like house music. So so we'll just go say that I, I'm trying to I'll try to learn how to DJ. Wow, we got a, a Tiesto on our hands. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> a little Tiesto, a little Vici, Calvin Harris, mix all those guys into one. You get you get AC. Awesome, Alex, man. I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule. I know you've been busy and, and jumping on the podcast, man. It's it's been fun. Yeah, I know. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. This is Bill Self. Chalmers for the tie. A Kansas comeback for the history books. Rock Chalk Championship. And you're listening to The Sidelines with Evan Daniels. I'd like to once again thank Quinn Cook and Alex Caruso for taking the time out and jumping on the Sidelines podcast. Obviously, both of those kids have had uh, really strong years in the G League and have had the opportunity to go back and forth with their NBA team. So they're obviously very busy, and I really appreciate their time and for jumping on the Sidelines podcast. Before I let you guys go, I want to make sure that you are supporting this podcast, and the best way you can do that is to hit the subscribe button for me over on Apple Podcasts and or your favorite podcast app. It would also be helpful if you left a rating or a review and you can also shoot me a note over on twitter would love to know what you think of the podcast my twitter handle is at evan daniels that's all i have for you today have a great week and thanks for listening